Today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 28, from verse 1 to 10. After Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone. Roll back a bit more. <laughs> and sat down on it. A rock is a very strong. Uh, his appearance was like lightning. And his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, we're going to take a few minutes just to think about that Bible reading uh, and a few things to do with it. Let me just pray for us as we start. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truths in your word. Thank you that as we come to this passage, we come to the central part of the Christian faith, the thing on which everything else is based, that Jesus rose from the dead. Please help us now to understand your word, to understand what happened, and more than that, please help us to respond to you in our hearts. Amen. Well, like I say, uh, the resurrection of Jesus is at the very heart, the very core of Christianity. If you want to think about Christianity, whether it's true or not, it is the resurrection of Jesus that you need to think about, that you need to focus on. There are a whole load of things that follow on if Jesus did rise from the dead. A whole load of dominoes that fall down. And, and there's a whole load that, that, it, that it is all based on, all rests upon whether 2,000 years ago Jesus actually physically rose from the dead. And so we're going to think about three things from the passage. We're going to think about the evidence for the resurrection in the passage, the meaning of the resurrection and the response to the resurrection. Because the resurrection is key. As the great theologian Arsene Wenger said, Christmas is important, but Easter is decisive. Now, he wasn't talking about Christianity, I don't think. I imagine he was talking about football. Nevertheless, he spoke better than he knew. 
Christmas is important. Easter is decisive, the resurrection of Jesus. So we're going to think about those three things. And the first thing, therefore, we're going to think about very quickly. All of these are very quick. If you want to find out more, you want to think about this more, um, keep coming back to Emmanuel, uh, and I'll tell you more ways that you can find out more in a bit. So first thing, evidence for the resurrection. For this, we need to be investigators. We need to explore the passage. What evidence is there that this actually happened? That Jesus actually rose from the dead? First thing I want you to see is that the women went to the right tomb. They went to the right tomb. That, of course, is very important. If they'd gone to the wrong tomb, then, of course, they wouldn't have found Jesus' body. But it is very clear that they went to the right tomb. The angel who was, beside, who was sitting on the stone, couldn't sit on this stone, unfortunately, had to sit next to it. But in the actual event, sat on the stone, said to them, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus. You're not looking for Gary the gardener or Mandy the manicurist. No, you're looking for Jesus. I know you're looking for him. They would have gone, yeah, we're looking for Jesus. And the angel then goes on to say, he's not here, he has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And he pointed to the tomb, said, look, this is the place where he lay. And the women would have looked, and they knew where Jesus had been laid, because in the previous passages, it says, it lists, Matthew lists who was there at various points. And Mary was there when Jesus was crucified, was there when Jesus' body was put in the tomb. So when the angel says, look where his body was, they would have gone, yeah, we knew where his body was. We saw his body put in this tomb. And now we look in. It's definitely the right tomb. So it was the right tomb. Second, in the evidence, Jesus had died. So, the angel says, Jesus, I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He had died. And again, the women had seen this. They'd seen Jesus die on the cross, seen his body be taken down. Some are concerned, some object to the, to the, the resurrection, say, well, maybe Jesus hadn't actually died. The accounts in the Bible do make it very clear he really had died. Now, you get more in the other accounts on this, but in John's Gospel, when the soldiers come to check whether the, the criminals who'd been crucified had really died, they saw Jesus' body, they saw he'd already died, and they knew what a dead body looked like. They saw he'd already died, but they also shoved a spear in his side. And it says when it came out, blood and water came out, which is showing that he really was dead. So the accounts tell us he had died. Next bit for the evidence. The tomb was empty. Again, the angel says to the women, look, he is not here, he has risen, come see the place where he lay. They say to him, look, this is where he was, there's nobody there now. Now, that's important, isn't it? Okay, it's not proof that the resurrection happened, just because the body isn't there. I mean, just because you lose something at home, you don't assume it's, it's come to life and, and, and moved. No, but it, if the body had been there, clearly the resurrection wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been true. 
So the angel is saying, look, there's no body there. There's n- the tomb was empty. And then, of course, the greatest evidence that they met Jesus. He died. He'd been in the tomb. He'd risen to life. And when they met him, he wasn't in agony. He wasn't needing emergency care. He had risen from the dead. And they met him. The angel said that Jesus had risen and would go ahead of them into Galilee. And then the women, we're told, as they ran from the tomb, filled with joy and afraid, suddenly it says Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They met the risen Jesus. And this wasn't the only time. It says elsewhere in the Bible that over 500 people saw the risen Jesus. Uh, We know that he met with people on more than one occasion. You know, it wasn't the kind of, I think maybe I saw Jesus, you know, maybe in the distance. It was very foggy and I had my eyes half closed and maybe it was Jesus, maybe it was Not that kind of thing. Very clear that people met the risen Jesus. They knew it was him. They talked with him. They spoke with him. He ate with them. The evidence is there that Jesus was alive. He'd risen to life again. The evidence is Jesus rose. Now, if you're not sure about this, obviously, I've only given you some of the evidence. There is a whole load more. I want to encourage you, if this is something where you're going, yeah, but really? Is it really the case? I want to encourage you to pick up one of these books. We've got three of them in the vestibule. Please take them. I want them all to go. Um, If you want to find out more, this is called The Case for Easter. It's written by Lee Strobel, who was a, a, a legal journalist... Who, um, who was an atheist, uh, and his wife became a Christian. And he wanted to prove to her that it was a load of nonsense. So he thought, well, the thing to investigate is the resurrection. So he investigated it and became a Christian. If you're not sure, do pick up this. It's free. Grab it from the vestibule. Take it and, and read the evidence that he looked at and why he came to the conclusion that it is true. So the evidence that Jesus rose. Second, the meaning of the resurrection. Just because you agree that Jesus rose from the dead doesn't necessarily mean that you're a Christian. Actually, we need to know the meaning of the resurrection, don't we? What does it mean? Well, in order to understand that, actually, we need to think about the meaning of both Jesus' death and resurrection. The two go together. Jesus told his followers the meaning of what was going to happen... Before he died, he met with them in uh, in a room and had a meal with them. He wanted to make sure they had this meal together, at which he explained to them what was going to happen, to explain the meaning of it. So he passed around bread and said, this is my body. We're going to remember this when we take communion a bit later in the service. He passed around bread and said, this is my body. In other words, it's going to be broken. And when he passed round the wine, he said this. This is my blood of the covenant. I think I might have this on the... Have I got this on the screen? Yeah, thank you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Here is the meaning. Jesus' death was so that sins, all our wrongdoing, thinking and speaking, could be forgiven. 
They all stand uh, as a testimony against us in before the Lord God. Our wrongdoing, thinking and speaking, our rebellion against him, stand against us. But God in his love sent Jesus to come and die and rise to life again so we could be forgiven. So it could all be dealt with. Jesus died in our place so we could be forgiven. And this is true for anyone, whether you would call yourself religious or not. Sometimes when I say to people, do come along to Emmanuel, we'd love to have you come along on Sundays. Sometimes they say, I'm not religious. Maybe that's you. Maybe you, I mean, you came along today, but you would say, I'm not a religious person. I wonder what you really mean by that. Sometimes I think people, what they mean is, I'm not into kind of robes and liturgy and ceremony and that kind of thing, ritual. Actually, at its heart, Christianity is about this event. Uh, forget about those they're not all bad those things but actually they're not at the core at the core of these events Jesus' death his resurrection so we can be forgiven that's the meaning of the resurrection the cross and resurrection lastly the response how should we respond If I told you the building was on fire, the right response is to leave. If I told you there are donuts in the hall, the right response is to go through and eat them. If you hear that Jesus has risen from the dead, what's the right response? Well, the women respond in the right way. When they meet the risen Jesus, they bow before him. Verse 9, it says, they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Now that is that response says a lot. The only person you or I should bow before in worship is the Lord God. The Bible is very clear on that. If you've been coming to Emmanuel this last term, we've been looking at the Ten Commandments, we've been going through the book of Exodus. It is very clear in the Ten Commandments, the only person you should worship is God. In the Ten Commandments, it tells you that you should have no other gods but God. You also shouldn't bow down or worship any images. Worship only the Lord God. There's another time in the Bible where an angel appears and someone bows down to worship that angel. And the angel says, no, don't do it. I'm not the right person to worship. Only worship God. And yet, when these women worship Jesus, he doesn't stop them. He doesn't say, no, 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 you mustn't do that. He accepts it because it is the right response which points to the fact that he is the Lord God. And the right response is to bow and worship before him. And we know in the New Testament, worship is not just an emotional response. Though emotions are really good, it's great to respond with emotion today, to say, hallelujah, Christ is risen. But it is our whole lives lived in worship as an act of worship to Jesus it's as much what you do on Monday as what you do on Sunday so here's the response worshipping Jesus bowing before him as your Lord and Saviour now I want to ask you this morning have you responded to Jesus and the resurrection in this way maybe you know you're not a Christian and you wouldn't say you're a Christian It's great that you're here. Maybe you've realised actually you need to respond with your life, bowing in worship to Jesus. Maybe you've been running away from God. 
you realize you need to turn back and ask for forgiveness, Jesus is ready to welcome you back. Maybe you aren't sure whether you've made this response or not. You've come to church for many years, maybe. Maybe your whole life you would call yourself a Christian, take communion, do all those sorts of things. But actually, if you're honest, if you were asked, have you responded in worship to Jesus? Your answer might be no, or maybe I'm not sure. Well, how about responding? Maybe you've penciled it in and you're like, ink it in today to say, yeah, I'm going to worship Jesus with my whole life to respond as these women did. You aren't too young and you're not too old to take, make this response. So we can turn, actually, our points from the sermon into a prayer. Very brief. Here it is, up on the screen. From the evidence, we can say, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose to life. From the meaning, which is all about forgiveness, we can say, please forgive my sins. And the response, I worship you. I'm just going to lead us in that prayer. Maybe you want to respond in your heart to Jesus in this way. Let me lead us. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose to life. Please forgive my sins. I worship you. Amen. If you want to find out more, maybe you're questioning these things. Maybe you don't feel ready to make a response yet. That's absolutely fine. If you want to find out more, I'd love to run a Hope Explored course. These are three sessions that we run. They're free. We can do it in person. We can do it online uh, if that's better for you. Three sessions to explore Christianity where you can ask your questions, raise your objections, and find out more. I'd love to run that. If you're interested, have a word with me afterwards.